Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, listeners. Before we get going today, I want to tell you that we've teamed up with Honest Brew, which I really think is brilliant. Jamie, after a hard day's work... What's the thing you want more than anything else, apart from seeing your fiancé and child, obviously? Uh, probably a cold beer. Me too. And what beer do you like? Uh, I don't know, like craft beers mainly, like Beaver Town, Meantime, Five Points, that kind of thing. Yep, those are great. I personally like to rep the South London beers, so I drink a lot from Brixton and Gypsy Hill. Yeah, see, I'm not sure how easy it is to get those beers at my local shop. Aha! Well, that's where Honest Brew comes in. Honest Brew delivers beer from the best independent craft breweries right to your door. So no more schlepping back and forth to the nearest hipster off license. You've just described a situation where I never have to leave the house. Where do I sign up? Just head to their online shop. There you can pick and mix your own selection of beers, purchase a gift, or get your hands on one of their curated mixed cases. And remember, Honest Brew's craft beer experts taste test every beer listed, so they're all good. And the good news for Good Dad Ugly listeners is that you can get £10 off your first order with the code FATHERHOOD. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the Good, the Dad and the Ugly, the Fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth and you dad. And on each episode, you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie. Hello. Who's also a new dad as we chat with our special guest each month about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm here with Jamie again. Hello. How you doing, Jay? Yeah, good. What's up? Not a lot, really. 12 episodes, though. We spoke in the last yeah. one about how we should celebrate this one being 12 full months of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that was the first thing that I jotted down when I was thinking of uh, things to say on this podcast. Yeah. And then I realized that the the more salient one is probably the fact that it's also... 12 months coming up since my daughter was born. Mm. I think the podcast probably is Just uh, that's the more... is a bigger achievement. So well done on that. Yeah. It's hard to keep a podcast going. It is. It is actually. Babies kind of... It's, it's, they sort of keep themselves going yeah. to an extent. Yeah. yeah. So well done, well done us. Yeah. And well done Tom and well done Benji. Uh, yeah. Here's to another 12. We can raise a beer to it, can't we? Yeah, we, we can. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. 
yeah, not much is going on with me, I don't think. Um, apart from Matilda started making the craziest of noises. Like what kinds of noises? Like happy noises, but screaming. And I, I know where she, she picked up from Tom's youngest, uh, Remy, who yeah. uh, producer Tom's, who is um, about the same age, a few days apart. And we went, we went away with them. And Remy was making all these crazy noises. I think you referred to as pterodactyl noises. Is that right? Pterodactyl noises. And they were pretty like ear piercing, like screams, but like happy screams. And Matilda on the first day back doing the exact same thing. And I was thinking where she picked this up from. And then immediately it was like, yeah, she's now on pterodactyl as well. So yeah. And they're at three in the morning, five in the morning, all through the day. One of the pitfalls of going away with friends, with kids. Yeah. Is they pick up just, there? Just keep it. Just keep it all separate. Yeah. Pick up illnesses as well. Yeah, she did that as well. Actually, she picked up a little bit of a temperature. Yeah, actually, I didn't really think about the negatives. I, I had a really good time, but now I can see that there now are. You're suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've I, all been ill as well. I think it's come from the daycare situation. Which is what? Well, just that you know she's hanging around with like snotty-nosed kids all day, and <sighs> then comes back, and and Alice is a teacher as well, so of course she's hanging out with snotty-nosed kids. The last time I was on here, I think I had a cough. Remember? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've still kind of got a bit of a uh, cough. It's not quite as bad now, but okay. it's just ongoing. Yeah. And we had like a really hairy incident because Eliza's had this cough for, it's sort of tailing off now, but it's been sort of weeks. It's really hard for little babies to kind of expel the the kind of mucus. Yeah. And we were we were in a pub. So Alice's mum's been here for the last few weeks. Is that From the- Australia. From, yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand. Um, and we went to Whitstable for a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in this pub and we were just uh, giving Eliza a bit of dinner. And she did a little cough and a bit of kind of like sort of sick came up. Mm. And we we're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then Alice sort of, I think it happened before. Alice was like, it's going to keep coming. And sure enough, it just started all coming up. But it wasn't just like puke. It was kind of like mucusy puke, like this kind of phlegmy puke, which they sort of, Alice and her mum sort of put their hands out instinctively and sort of caught it all as I was sort of like watching on. Yeah, Kiwis are good with rugby, so that would be... Exactly. In their DNA. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm going to introduce our guest. Yeah. I think it's about time. Who, Who is your daddy and what does he do? Again, our guest is a dad, of course. He's, in fact, got a daughter about the same age as, as Eliza. His other claims to fame are that he hosts the Fresh Blood show on Kerrang! Radio and is the self-proclaimed new artist overlord. <laughs> His name's Alex Baker. Hi, Alex. Hi. How's it going? Very good. <clears throat> Fantastic. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> no, you're no worries. Can such, I just say? Such a radio voice. Yeah, hello. Yeah, like Tony Blackburn. <laughs> uh, can I just say, before I say anything else, I listen to the podcast and I think two things. Firstly, it's really funny. Well done. Okay. Uh, but secondly, it's actually really fucking useful, you know, because, you know, when I first started becoming a dad, you know, like when I found out my missus was pregnant, when yeah. I was absolutely wasted, <laughs> uh, and that was the most sobering moment of my life, um, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, who do you ask about this stuff? Because there's like, you know, brothers and friends and everything else and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they don't know everything there is to know about having kids. And you kind of like, they want to soak up loads of different opinions. So it's quite nice to have something to listen to where people yeah. kind of talk about it warts and all, really. So oh, well good. done. Thank you. Oh, good. Well, you're welcome. Make I'm glad you listened to this one, not some other charlatans out there who uh, uh, yeah. might be seen to be stealing our ideas, but uh, we won't go into Should we go into that? No, we won't go into that. 
I mean, I kind of want to, but then I also don't want to give people kind of tips about other potential podcasts. Yeah, they this is the only to. fatherhood podcast worth listening to. Well, if they're doing it the same, but not as good, then... What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Right? Well said. I've yeah. had it my whole career, people stealing my features, <laughs> you know? Like, come on. At least give me the credit, Radio 1. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, so your, your daughter, Luna, is it? Luna, yeah. She's how old now? She's bordering on 11 months. Oh, actually, when this goes out, she will be 11 months. 11 wow. months of fun. God. <laughs> yeah. And she's a, she's a ledge. But yeah, hard work, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Proper hard work. Yeah. Well, it, what I've definitely discovered is that the level of work varies quite considerably, I think, from, or at least people's um, how, how, you know, how much work they kind of describe to yeah. other people varies quite a lot. So you get like, you know, some people sort of just like me, for instance, I've probably been accused of this in the past, just sort of swan on through as though like <laughs> it's all a complete breeze. <laughs> but it's, hey, not. Yeah. it's not. Yeah, but do you know what? I think, <clears throat> so I think there are people who revel in saying how difficult it is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And love that and love to tell new dads oh, or like people who are going to be dads, oh, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be able to do this anymore. You're not going to be able to sleep. You're not going to... And really go on about how difficult it is yeah and and almost wear it like a badge of honor yeah yeah I yeah and i don't see the point in that but it's like a misery off isn't it yeah <laughs> and the mums do that as well like who's the most tired who's the most miserable it's just so depressing but like <laughs> my my view is i've always like been quite an honest person like if someone says how are you i won't just go yeah cool mate so people don't ask me how i am anymore at work because they'll get like some long diatribe about how th this didn't go right and i'm pissed off about the, something i saw on tv last night and how <laughs> brexit's fucked everything or whatever you know so people don't ask me but you know when people say oh how's luna i always say like absolutely exhausting like, <laughs> like lovely obviously i love her and she's amazing but like yeah like as a point of fact she is exhausting yeah <laughs> do you find she's is she getting more exhausting as she yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's the hell is getting worse <laughs> by the day but it is tempered all the time by you know the joyous rapture of fatherhood right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously <laughs> and it wife <laughs> uh yeah no no it's all good i'm not one of those people that likes to sort of bag on how bad it is because it isn't it's amazing it's obviously one of the most incredible things yeah that, that you can experience but yeah i'm not going to pretend that i'm not going to rose tint it like it's proper hard work yeah yeah i mean i've definitely found uh because you, you know your daughter will be the same sort of um place right now like sort of all the crawling around and stuff just adds all that sort of extra yeah. stress and well she's not quite crawling yet she's going through this weird phase where she's really smart but she can't her body hasn't kept up with her mental progression right. so she's she's sort of like i'm the other way around i oh, really <laughs> <laughs> just like bumbling yeah, around exactly i'm all limbs <laughs> <laughs> but she's like so she's sitting there kind of looking at you going yeah i want to get that bottle cap or or that thing off you but i, I can't get there yeah. so she just barks at you until you go and pick her up you know she just literally she started making you're talking about pterodactyl sounds before she started doing that kind of really weird like ah! kind of and you're just like what every day i'm convinced i mean there's been times as well i remember early days i this is my problem from watching too many horror films but i remember early days hold like cradling her in my arms like just going, oh, this is so lovely. And it was twilight, you know, the moonlight was shimmering off her pupils. <laughs> it wasn't, no, blinds were closed. And I was sort of like cradling in my arms and looking down. And she started to like, slowly her eyes started to grow heavy. And I was like, oh, she's going to sleep, this is amazing. 
I'm rocking her to sleep. How have I managed to become this super dad? Right, and she's there she was like, just drifting off, drifting off. So I closed my eyes for a bit and sort of like stretched my neck, look back, look up at the ceiling, all the rest of it. And when I looked back down, which felt like moments later, her eyes were wide open and she was just staring into my soul. And all I could think about was the omen, you know? And I was like, devil child, oh fuck. I actually freaked out and I had to get Mel to come and my wife to come and like get her off me. I was convinced that we've got the devil child. We went through this whole hand, foot and mouth thing as well where they looked like, she actually looked like that the child from the exorcist oh, really yeah it's awful Jesus not recommended and do you yeah. think that then if you're if you're watching the horror movies with Luna she's picking up oh yeah yeah little things not like, with her in the room yeah, never yeah, yeah. I remember early days I was playing like Call of Duty or something and someone sniped me and she jumped <laughs> she like kind of jumped and I was like right that's off like, <laughs> not having that not having her like freaking out with gunshots at like three months old <laughs> Have you started to sort of doing any sort of sleep training or, oh. you know, like letting them cry out or? Man, so brutal. We, we had to because we, we went on holiday, which was supposed to be a really lovely, relaxing holiday in Cornwall. And it just turned into this shit show <laughs> where Luna just would not sleep. She just wouldn't sleep. I don't know why, whether we were away from home and it wasn't the same environment or she was cold or hot, whatever. She just wouldn't sleep. And Mel and I were up like six, seven times a night. It's just awful. And then... Um, we got back from the holiday and Mel was due to be starting back at work and we were like, we've got to sort this out. Like we've got, we've got to figure out how to get Luna to sleep through the night because she never has. She's always had like night feeds and stuff. So we got a dream fairy or whatever they're called, like a sleep expert person. And she does this thing where she like Skypes in. So she's on Skype and she looks at what you, how you are and she talks about your routine with the baby and how often they feed and stuff. And she sort of feeds back on what's going on. And it was about two o'clock in the afternoon and Luna was due a nap. And she was like, so, you know, we, you know, the reason we scheduled this call at this time, because I know that she, you know, her routine, she usually has a nap about this time. So is it time for a nap? I can see she's getting a bit ratty. We're like, yeah, she is. And she's like, okay, so show us what you usually do. So we went out, literally had like a laptop with her on Skype, went up into Luna's room and Mel started like rocking her and doing like the little bounce thing that's really good for your like ass and your thighs. She did that little kind of squatty bounce thing and Luna started drifting off and she said, right, this this can't go on like this. You can't rock your child to sleep. Your child needs to learn how to self-settle. Oh. If they don't learn how to self-settle, then you'll be rocking them to sleep <laughs> forever. Lasting at night, Mel would breastfeed her, she'd fall asleep, Mel would rock her, put her down. Again, that's completely the wrong thing to do. In terms of the, the order of how to put your babies to sleep, it should be breastfeed, and then do other stuff, read a story, put her clothes on, whatever, and then put her down. Because if you're breastfeeding her to sleep, she gets used to the idea of falling asleep on a boob, and it becomes a nightmare, which is what happened to us. So, yeah, so she was like, what you got to do? you got to put her down, walk off five minutes. After five minutes, go back, make sure she's all right, let her know you still love her, you still care, and then walk off and leave for 20 minutes. Just let her cry it out. So we were like, oh, my God, this is so intense. So we did it. Five minutes passed, she was absolutely going batshit crazy. We were like, okay, we've got to go and look after her. So we went in and said, oh, don't, just calm down, don't worry. So we went back downstairs and we just had this lady talking to us on Skype, like talking us through it as we were just listening to her, just like, and screaming like I've never heard before, like oh, next level, ratchet it up. Like, why have you abandoned me? Like, come back, you know, just screaming. Obviously she wasn't saying those words. <laughs> she was just screaming. And um, yeah, it was awful. And I kept, <laughs> I didn't tell Mel this at the time, but I kept going to the kitchen and just like downing gin. <laughs> I was literally just going to the kitchen and just like necking gin. Like we put this bottle of gin in the fridge, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as nice as this beer. 
<laughs> and we were just like absolutely just cane. I was just cane in this gin, and every time I came back, I'd feel a little bit more relaxed. And was, but it's just the most awful. It's, it almost goes against every instinct to just let your child scream mm. and not do anything about it. All you want to do is go and like look after her. But you know, like I say, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. Pretty much eighteen minutes into that twenty minutes, she fell asleep. And that night. We we did the routine as described to us. We you know did a last story, like breastfeed story, close on, put her down, screamed for four minutes, fell asleep, slept through the night, just like just like that. And Mel and I just looked at each other like, why didn't we do this months ago? Like, why have we waited this long? But you hey, know? this way you ended up you managed to a get her to sleep and b smashed at two o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was having a great time. Bonus. But see, I had to drink through it. Like, and I, I'm not like. I'm not like a, well, I suppose I do drink quite a lot, but, <laughs> but, but like, uh, it's rare that I'll like purposefully try and take the edge off, you know, by like necking, literally necking gin from the bottle, like massive glugs, but it's the only way I could do it. It was awful. My wife has this, I don't know why she does it, but she always has the baby monitor on full volume. So yeah. you're in bed, Luna's to the right over there in the other bedroom. And the baby monitor is on my left. So you get this like howl in surround sounds that like pierces your eardrums. It's yeah. just no horror movie would ever be more frightening than that. Well, I do the thing with the baby monitor because we've got the video and it's like night vision. It's like <laughs> if I know Nat's in the living room looking at it, I'll go into the bedroom and just start like <laughs> walking up to it really slowly and getting really close until she notices and she just sees my eyeball. And that's that's uh, so bad. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> I deserve everything I get to be fair. Yeah, that's yeah, proper that's, mean. <laughs> she, she could get me back real bad and I'd freak out. But Luna started doing that now where she's like rolling around in bed and she's like kicking the thing and you're watching her on the baby monitor and it goes back to the omen thing. I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah, you're going to levitate. <laughs> yeah, just like it's moments until she starts writing words on the wall in her own shit. <laughs> I feel like I'm almost there with Eliza. What, writing shit what, on the What, dirty protest? Yeah, yeah. Because she's now crawling around properly and she's pulling herself up to standing and she does it in her cot. So before, like, when we used to put her down, you know, you could just leave her for, yeah. you know, a little bit. We could talk about how long it's appropriate to leave a child who's screaming. <laughs> yeah. But you could leave her and eventually she would kind of put herself to sleep. Yeah, but now she kind of stands up in her bed, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do, and but like, other than go in and sort of calm oh, her man. down and lie her down, sweep her, yeah, <laughs> take out the legs, yeah, yeah, electrocute the the sides of the bed. So when she touches, <laughs> you know, like like a sheep. No, don't do that. I don't. I don't. Obviously, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> just make that perfect. Don't, I won't do it. I won't. No, do not it. that you would. But just, I don't want <laughs> or any listener mindset. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The other day, I sort of. My attention was diverted for two seconds, and the next thing I, I realised, Eliza was picking up a loaded mouth. Wow, <laughs> wicked! <laughs> but I realised, like at the moment she kind of picked it up, I realised I was like, "Give me that!" And I just managed to get it off her before, and, and somehow it didn't go off the whole time. And then I kind of threw it on the side, and it exploded. <laughs> Cheese everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. Same as a finger. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> hey, look, you're the horror fan. Yeah, here, sorry. So yeah, I mean, well, right? man, I can't do it anymore. But do, do either of your kids do that? Hot, like, Luna started doing this over the past, I guess, past month, where she basically has a strop and she just throws herself backwards, like uncontrollably just throws herself. No, you're looking at me like she, they don't do that. <laughs> it's just my child. <laughs> she, Maybe you have the omen child. That's she why. literally, she just like, you're holding her and she'll just go, ah, and just 
throw herself <laughs> and like you've got to really watch it because sometimes she's sitting there minding her business playing with some toys and then like something goes on with her toy that she's not happy about and she'll just throw herself backwards and if you're not there to catch her she'll smash her head on the thing and then she'll it, scream yeah. I think disaster. I know where she gets that from, though. Yeah? I think it's clearly from you and your days as a lead singer of a metal band. And Quite possibly. Yeah. She's just the headbanging. Begging the head for bang, the mosh. The headbanging, the screaming, and the, you know, the noise you made earlier was very reminiscent to yeah. the, the, that kind True. of... What, band, what was that called, that band that you were in? I had a bunch. Okay. Um, uh, wow. I mean, I was in one... When I was at school, I was in one called, called Cause for Concern, who were like a, a London... Sort of like hardcore new metal band, which were we like with hindsight, we were really awful. <laughs> <laughs> but about the time I was like, This is it, man. Like, <laughs> we're basically Limp Biscuit. <laughs> that's what every band deal with it, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, then I started another one which was called Disembowel, which had a, a run of about two months. What is it with metal bands needing all these like ridiculously gory and disgusting? This titles? is my this is my problem though with metal, is I've always loved metal, I like the juxtaposition of like really heavy music and like quite thought-provoking lyrics I find it quite interesting that kind of like that balance and but the problem I always had with metal is is that I'm I'm like a really happy guy so like I haven't really got anything to write about you know and actually a lot of people I was reading an article with um what's his name Tom Adele that singer I think it was Tom Adele and he was talking about how he actually physically sabotages his relationships like he knows he's doing it but he sabotages his relationships so he's always got some sort of horror he can write about and I was never, I would never do that. So no, yeah, don't really, um, yeah, don't really feel like I've got what it takes to be uh, well, sort of in a band anymore. Unfortunately. Could you not write stuff about the horror of fatherhood? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like being up at like every hour through the night, yeah, just like make it really intense. I could how do, your child's the omen child. Yeah, I could do like a concept album and like sample Luna's wails. There you go, because because it's like hardwired to be stressful, isn't it? That's yeah, like yeah, the whole yeah. point. Absolutely. So I could create like a horrible anxiety laden soundscape. I'm not even joking. We could get all it's our children and like multi-layer it. That's an amazing idea. We'll get we'll get Kojak on it as well, and he can uh, just be on production. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be like, imagine that if we sort of like multi-tracked all our children screaming and then put some like heavy guitars underneath. Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this would be so awful. Like, you'd make it like an art installation in the tape. You'd have even, <laughs> you'd have even like the most hardcore metal fans being like, oh, that's too much. Yeah, too that's much. Too, too much. I can't so deal much. with that. Like, I can deal with like grown men wailing, but when it comes to babies, no way. I'm out of here. It's too real. So Alex, do you have you noticed? I mean, maybe she's a bit young for it. But have you noticed Luna sort of having a, a, sort of an interest in music? Oh yeah, definitely. She she's it's this, I think it's one of my favourite moments so far is when she starts dancing. You know, she was my mum was old the other day, and, and they were listening to Bob Dylan, and she was like going for it. Like no one ever danced, no one's ever danced to Bob Dylan ever. <laughs> but yeah, so so she seems to like dad rock, uh, which is bizarre. Um, I don't really know why. She also seems like quite hard rock. I think. Right. I think. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I guess it's because it's babies. It's like anything that's quite quite extreme. Yeah. So like black, white. You know, like big sounds. They sort of react to. I guess. But also, but, did, was she? Would you have not been playing that when your wife was pregnant? No. That? No. <laughs> I, no. Weirdly, I, I'm a bit of an oxymoron when it comes to music taste. Because weirdly, although I like listening to really heavy music, I also 
love like Celine Dion and Drew Hill and stuff like that and like really sensitive, lovely music. So when when Luna was in like Mel's belly, I used to sing like loads of different tunes from the end of the Drew album by Drew Hill to her. So literally like How Deep Is Your Love and Beauty and all this kind of stuff of that legendary album from when I was like 15 years old. So yeah, so no, she, I, it's, all that kind of stuff was probably what she heard first. But then also like the standard stuff. I mean, I love, Mo- have you watched Moana? No, but I know of it with yeah. The Rock. Yeah, Disney's Moana. Like, name me a better film. I think it's the greatest film of all time. Really? It's just what? brilliant. I see it. It's so brilliant. And there's a, The Rock does a song called You're Welcome in it, which has got like a real good vibe. And every time we play that, which is quite a lot because I love it, um, <laughs> she just starts dancing around and like loving every second. So, so that's been quite nice to watch. Moana and like ACDC are her, <laughs> her jams at the moment. I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was mad. We just messing around. I killed a meal. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And thank you. We try and like fill our ears with everything. Because I mean, I, I've always grown up listening to everything. And, and I think it's a shame when people don't have like eclectic taste because you mm. miss out on loads of stuff. You know, like I always think it's funny because looking the way I look, you know, I'm on the train and people aren't sitting next to me because I, I, maybe because I'm fat or maybe because I'm just looking intimidating. <laughs> but I've got these long hair dressed in black and all the rest of it. And like they've got no idea that I'm listening to Beyonce. <laughs> like, literally no idea. Have you taken your kids on the tube yet? Yeah. It's fucking terrifying, isn't it? The first or are you time right with it was, it? but I've kind of got used to it because it's London. And Ledge. Just, well, I don't think me. I've done it at like rush hour or anything, which would be intimidating couldn't do it you know if you presumably you've been a commuter when you let someone has gotten on the train or whatever with a pram yeah and it's like taking up loads of space oh god and then it's the everyone is like looking at that person really disapprovingly <laughs> and you kind of feel bad but you're also a bit like maybe there was a better time to do it yeah <laughs> yeah but then but then surely i guess like they've thought that through right like they're doing it then because they have to for some reason have you found yourself in that situation where you literally cannot get up quick enough when you see a baby on board badge yeah, yeah. Like I swear, yeah. the other day I, I almost threw myself off the train. <laughs> like I literally stepped on. I saw that glisten of the badge, and before I even even knew what was happening, I was like making her a cup of tea. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's unreal. The power of the badge. Okay, that's the end of part one. More after this. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
I know we're jumping around a little bit, but just thinking about bodily fluids again. I'm yeah, just wondering whether you, whether you guys had this same sort of uh, sort of experience that I had. This was a, this was day one. I had this really weird moment where I, I was because I'm freaked out by like stuff on me. Like if I'm like eating a burger or whatever, and I get some burger juice in my beard, I'll have to wipe. I wipe my face after every I, yeah. after every bite. You know, just constantly go through mounds of tissues. Awful for the environment uh, in many ways. And so, that's your excuse, is it? Yeah. But, um, but so I was really concerned that like the snot and the puke and the, and the poo and everything was going to like really rock my world in a negative way. But I remember like Mel was recovering, blood everywhere, awful sight. Um, and the baby was crying and I was like, oh God. And she started like going, ah, 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 like the amniotic fluid started coming out because she was a C-section baby. Apparently it comes out later when you have a C-section baby. No one tells you this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can get onto that in a bit if you like. That's <laughs> stuff that people don't tell you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I had this situation where she started to choke and I was like, right, I've just got to get her. So I picked her up and she started being sick. And this was the moment where like her bodily fluid was going to be on me for the first time. And, and Mel went, oh, uh, get a tissue, get a, a muslin cloth or whatever they're called things. I always get those wrong. She's always telling me off for getting it wrong. Get one of those things. And I was like, no, she can just do it on me. And she was like, bro. And I swear it was on that like, slow motion and my long hair was like swaying in the, you know, with the projectile vomiting. And I had all this sick in my hair. And I kind of loved it, you know? And it was really weird how I felt. And, and since I've had snot and poo on me and all the rest of it. And I almost oh, feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, just Saturday night, man, with all that. <laughs> but I sort of feel like your brain when you're a dad, and I guess it's the same for mums, it kind of switches off the thing that makes it gross. Yeah. So they could do anything to you. And you kind of your brain just, just doesn't... But what about the burger juice? Are you still... Burger juice, man. I have to have a stack of tissues. It's <laughs> awful. But yeah, baby can shit in my eyes. <laughs> all good. <laughs> you know, one bite of a GBK, game over. <laughs> Nat still can't deal with snot. She's like, oh really? Like, like, literally, like she has snot, and you need to yeah. deal with it. And you know, you get those sucky uh, yeah things with the vowels. aspirators. Right? Is that what they're, they're called? They're wicked. Yeah, I love them because <laughs> so I'm do proper I. like kind of going. I'm gonna get it. Okay. Nat is is and it's not a joke. Is like almost dry retching at seeing me do that. Yeah. She's like, how can you do it? I'm like, but none of it's going to go in my mouth because there's a, a valve system that you can yeah. clearly see, and it's not going to go. She's like, but just the. The, the feeling of it being sucked is just too much for her. But this is the thing, like you talking about it now, I'm like slightly yeah. wretched. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so rank. But if it was mine, I wouldn't care. I don't even know what these, I haven't even seen these. Oh, guys. mate. Get they on this. Awesome. Get like, on the aspirator. Re really? It's like a kind of a mouth, my one anyway, it's got like a red mouthpiece and it's got like a tube that comes off it. And then there's the valve system yeah. that Jamie talks about. It's got the valve system to stop the snot going into your, into your mouth. Yeah. Which which thank you for the fucking <laughs> whoever for, invented that yeah well done good work uh, and then you've got this like I guess like four inch nose piece that has like a <laughs> hole a hole at the end and you basically just stick it in their nose well not all the way in like yeah. a four inches drive it into <laughs> yeah. a child's skull her eyes are kind of twitching when I do this you must <laughs> yeah electric fences everywhere uh, and then you just suck and it just and it, it's amazing how much comes out yeah it really does the job yeah um, and it's you know I like to think in many ways I've saved my daughter's life multiple occasions by <laughs> sucking her snot out. I think Matilda would be in serious trouble. I think Matilda might be dead if Nat had to do that to Matilda to get <laughs> no, come on. She would, she'd have to get over it. I don't know what she'd do. Honestly, this chat, 100% you should make like a metal album out of it. Because there's so much in there that you it's could true. do. Yeah. And amazing. that would be da actual dad rock. Yeah. 
Well, that's what would actual dad rock sound like? It would yeah. sound like nervous exhaustion <laughs> and like crying children <laughs> and just and just gentle sobbing from yeah. the parents. Yeah. What would define dad rock? Actual dad rock. I think like well, dad rock is stuff like. <laughs> I guess like Fleetwood Mac, Journey, Boston. Okay. It's that kind Coldplay. of like, you know, tap. Like, for, well, no, Coldplay are kind of more contemporary, I guess. Yeah. It's more kind of like stuff that that dads would listen to that's totally... Focus. Like, yeah, but dads of old. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's dads. I don't... Because new dads are like listening to grime and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go, dad grime. Dad grime. Dad grime. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it but it's that kind of like you know foot stomping like it's like so easy listening it's actually more poppy than pop you know i reckon that's dad rock more than a feeling you know all that kind of stuff well you um interviewed dave grohl recently yeah. wow how was yeah. that that was why mad. did you do that uh, well, I do I do TV stuff for Box TV. Who have, have got Kerrang and they've got Magic and they've got Box and Full Music and all the rest of it. And because Foo Fighters are such a massive band, they were coming in to promote their album, and then um, they just said, "Oh yeah, do you want to do you want to do do you want to do Dave?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." I mean, this is the problem though with with my job is that on the one hand, it sounds like really exciting and fun. But the reality is just like nervous exhaustion and absolute terror that I'm going to fuck everything up. So I did just like weeks and weeks and weeks of prep, just worrying about not making a fool of myself. Um, and then just went and chatted to a, a dude who's been in bands that I've listened to for basically most of my life. So it was it was pretty amazing. And did you not fuck it up? Did I didn't fuck it up. We actually got on really well. And he and he was like really lovely to me actually. Like I, it was I reckon he'd want to be my mate. I reckon we'd get He on. probably would be your yeah. mate. You know, he's like a, just a really like lovely down to earth guy and really funny. He kept talking like I've never thought of myself in any way as being a fashionable person. But he kept going on about my clothes. He's like, I love those shoes. Where are they from? I love that I actually had this jacket that I'm wearing. It's like lumberjack, red and black lumberjack on. <laughs> and he was he was talking about that. A bit of biggie for you. He was talking about that and, and going, Oh, I love that. Where is it from? I was like, River. Island. <laughs> Don't think you shop at River Island, dude. But um, but no, he was loving. It. We actually talked about his kids because he's got um, he's got two girls, I think, who are in one of his in a couple of his music videos, right. but in one of the new videos. And he had he's telling me this amazing story about how um, his I think she's like eleven. She rang him in the middle of the night. LA time because he was somewhere else in the world and said oh dad I've got a treatment for this new music video ready for you and he was like what <laughs> so she went through this treatment for this music video and he said oh that's absolutely amazing but change this that and the other thinking that she'd just go to bed and forget about it and then like three hours later so properly in the middle of the night she rang him back with a revised treatment <laughs> and I he said that the next music video they make is going to be produced and directed and like the vision has come from his daughter. And she's 11. Which I think is super cool. Yeah, she's 11. And he's, he's just in a position where he could put any old shit out and yeah, people would love it. But actually, you know... A bit like his records. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That but is... Low blow. But that's what I love about kids, man. They're like so creative, aren't they? You know, you know we, had a, we have a guy at work called Dan. He's in like our creative team. He's, his kid's about four now, I think. Yeah. And he did a whole thing about how his kid has like helped elevate his creativity just right. from like the way they experience the world and their interests and everything. And I just find that really that interesting. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I feel like that is a thing that like creative 
writing kind of tutors and things like that so encourage people to do yeah. is to sort of think like a child if it's possible. Yeah. Because we kind of like lose that, don't we? As we get older and stuff gets in the way and we get like mortgages and like kids, you kind of get bogged down and your brain starts switching off and you kind of go into that automatic mode of just yeah. like going through your life. But then kids come along and kind of remind you actually to think about stuff in a different way and like make, take risks and try stuff. And just question things. Yeah. Like we yeah. take so many things for granted. Definitely. Your big... Um, what's the word like uh, beef focus <laughs> oh, okay. of your tweets is Donald Trump right now yeah kind of like I mean I know a lot of people hate the guy but you yeah I mean I, it's not just Donald Trump though it's like everything I've, I feel like we've got to a point now and maybe it's been maybe this has all come to into and in fact not maybe definitely this has all come into focus since having kids um, I just feel like we're at, we're at a stage now where the world is so ridiculous like I know it's always been stupid but I think social media has this ability to bring so many different people's views to the fore. And you, you've got the ability to look inside, you know, millions and millions and millions of minds, which you couldn't really do years ago. Mm. We've entered this weird time where people aren't really interested in having their views challenged. Yeah. So you've got people that think X, there's people that think Y, and all that happens online is people just go, X, Y, X, Y, and no one sort of tries to find any common ground. Yeah. If you say something they don't agree with, they'll they'll like try and out you as like a racist or something. It's, there's so many, I mean, I was talking about a situation on Twitter the other day where someone had said something that was patently racist, it was racist, and I was calling them out for being a racist. Like, you can't say that, it's racist. And by the end of this, like, horrible 24 hours where people were sending me death threats. For, Actually. Yeah. yeah, like, for saying someone was a racist, I got called a white supremacist. And I was like, <laughs> I was calling someone out on racism. Like, that's where this started. How am I now a white supremacist? I had a very, very similar situation recently, actually. Someone that I kind of followed on Twitter. Did you see it? I don't know. Someone I'm scared, I though. <laughs> Why? I'm just nervous about the story you're going to tell, but carry on. No, it's just, it, it, it was it actually really like, well, I mean, I guess after a while you kind of just, you know, you let it kind of wash it's water off, off the duck's back. But yeah, like, yeah. I, it, it, it sort of upset me. I'll be honest, it upset me. So I, um, someone that I followed on Twitter, um, a young woman who, uh, I guess I have like quite a lot of sort of political kind of overlap with. Yeah. And she was going on a bit of a rant, which I didn't catch the beginning of, to be fair, about like I guess some man had like said something to her and she went off on this rant about how all men essentially are terrible. And I just sort of said, there may be some truth to that, but I don't think like it's a particularly constructive way of kind of going about this issue if you want to address it. And also, you know, if you think about kids, it's not a very kind of constructive way to raise young men by basically saying you're fucked from the beginning. Mm -hmm. and she kind of went off on me as yeah. sort of being exactly the problem why are you criticize? why are you trying to silence women why are you trying to you're exactly the problem and all these people started attacking me going yeah, you're a yeah. fucking idiot you're a <laughs> fucking scumbag yeah sorry about and that. I was like what the fuck and I started like really doubting myself and thinking maybe, maybe I, I am a scumbag <laughs> It really shook me up. I was like, this is, what has happened here? I had a, I had a falling out with, very briefly, because I don't really fall out with anyone, but with a friend of mine who criticised, I was going on Twitter talking about sexism in 2017 and how we need to get better at like, you know, the balance between men and, men and women. 
And she said to me, oh, how typical. Another man becomes a dad to a daughter and suddenly cares about sexism. And I was like, hang on a second. Like, for a start, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I've always cared about sexism. But secondly, if it's taken having a daughter to bring into focus some of, one of the biggest problems that's facing our world at the moment and getting them to care about it, surely that's just a good thing. Yeah, totally. Like, what, what's the, why are you criticising me for suddenly, like, for caring about something that I should care about? Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's the problem with Twitter is that people are just so angry and so want to just chastise people all the time. And I, but I find that really fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm always on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is kind of fun. It, it is, is intoxicating. How are you going to deal with um, sort of whether Facebook and Twitter exists when Luna's sort of of an age to use it? I mean, I'm sure there'd be something else, but I've got no idea. You're not even thought now. I mean, uh, no, I have thought about it loads, but oh, I've, really? got, I've got no idea how to deal with it because the issue you've got is it's same with smartphones as well. I don't want Luna to have a smartphone, no. not until she's old enough. Because we remember a time where there was no smartphones, right? Mm. But kids like Gen Z, as they're called, they don't know. They don't know a time before like Tinder, Facebooks, all that kind of. Like, Snapchat and all the rest of it. That's just how they communicate. Well, I've got quite strong opinions on this, but I genuinely believe that that social media is like the root of so many problems yeah, that, that young yeah, people are yeah. facing, uh, like anxiety issues, depression, all the rest of it. It all stems back to this fact that we're all comparing ourselves constantly online. And my God, I don't want Luna to have any part of that. I don't want her to grow up in that world at all. Mm. But I don't, I've got no idea what the solution is. I think mm. schools have to do something about it. There needs to be some sort of ground level up like movement to to break the cycle that people are in to do something about it but god knows how how that's going to happen eliza seems to be like more fascinated in my phone than like any other like toy that she has to play with yeah same, that's the thing same as she... luna so why is that though is it just because it's a shiny screen with like lights kind of but they, well, the worrying thing is that i think it's partly that and it's partly the fact that they always see you looking yeah. at it yeah yeah so yeah. they're just interested in what that thing is yeah I think we've we've given birth to a narcissist as well because she there's nothing Luna likes more than her own visage. <laughs> you know, if I get my phone out, she's like already starts like pouting and getting ready, and I sort of put it in selfie mode, and she looks like she's going to explode with excitement. It's really bad. It's really really bad. So I'm worried about that, but that's probably my fault. Do you know what? Can I just quickly chuck something in to yeah. the mix? It's in the spirit of what I said at the start about yeah. this being a genuinely useful thing to like dads. I wrote down on the way in today some things that like people don't tell you that I think they should tell you. Perfect. Is that, are you happy for me to share? 100%. So one of them, uh, I'll start with a less brutal one, well, less kind of heartfelt one, I guess. So anyone that's had a C-section baby, no one tells you that the baby doesn't necessarily cry straight away when it comes out. Right. So anyone that's about to have a C-section baby, be aware, the baby might not cry when it comes out. That's fine. Because when, when this happened to us, like we literally baby came, oh, the baby's here. Silence. And Mel was like all drugged up and fucked on this bed. And I was like, oh God, this is awful. And why is the baby not crying? But not saying it, because like didn't want to freak Mel out. So, and, then, and then suddenly Mel like burst into tears and she was like, why is our baby not crying? And I just shouted over like, why is she not crying? What's going on? And then suddenly you just heard, Rrr! 
and like everything was fine. But like no one tells you. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason they don't cry is because they haven't really been through the trauma of childbirth and, and all the rest of it. And so the fluids haven't been, because when they go yeah. through the birth canal, their shoulders are compressed. And, and it's fluid, ejects the fluid and all yeah, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. So that's one thing. Right. Uh, second thing, now this is perhaps a little bit more deep. So apologies to leave it so late to hit you with this. <laughs> and, and you may not agree. And hopefully you do a little bit, because otherwise I might seem like some sort of horrible dude. But no one tells you hopefully you guys agree with this no one tells you that you fall in love with your child okay so you all you hear all the time is as soon as you see your kid you've never experienced love like it it's overwhelming it's like waves of emotion all the rest of it i didn't experience that at all yeah when i first saw my kid i was like oh there she is hope she's all right oh god definitely don't die you know and that was kind of my emotion just like how to keep this baby alive and like feelings of love didn't come for ages to the point where i was starting to get a bit worried i was like why don't i love my kid oh really yeah Yeah, i was like is this weird i don't love my kid and i think this happens to loads of people yeah Yeah. i think i I, I totally agree i think i I actually raised this point like on an earlier podcast Mm. where i just yeah exactly that point that yeah you develop like there's an amazing moment where you're like this a thing that I've witnessed is an incredible thing to have seen. Yeah. But it's not the same thing as saying, like, I instantly love this person unconditionally. Yeah. That's something that you kind of... It comes, like, later, in the same way that you fall in love with anyone in your life. Like, it sort of comes in time. And I think, like, people should know that because I I started to freak out about it and it's only because, like, I chatted to some people and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. It comes later. I was like, oh, right. I didn't think I was, like, I had a problem. Mm. I just kind of... Yeah, I just thought, oh, I really want her to be safe and I hope she's okay. But I just, because also when babies are that young, you give everything and you get basically nothing yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They exactly. don't care at all, really, about you. They care about, like, them. And, um, and yeah, so it was that, um, you know, moment when she smiles at you for the first time and, you, you know, it's a legit smile. She's not just farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, like, when you kind of go, oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, just thought it was worth mentioning that. Years and years ago, I used to do a, uh, I used to produce, I wasn't a presenter on it, I was a producer on it, a conspiracy theory show, a nightly conspiracy theory show on Kerrang. Oh, and, um, and that was like, that was intense. I got followed by a home by the police and stuff when I used to do that. Actually, no yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, for real. What, what, why? Like, so my, the guy I was producing is a guy called Nick. Nick's a ledge, loves a conspiracy theory. And he said, wouldn't it be great to get someone on the show to talk about the spiritual feeling you have when you see the earth from the moon right and I was like okay so I found someone being an excellent producer obviously that had been to the moon a guy called Dr. Edgar Mitchell who's now dead unfortunately uh, Dr. Edgar wait, Mitchell more than wait hang on more people have gone to the moon than the first like Lance Armstrong and that lot no I think he was part of that gang oh what but he just doesn't like he wasn't he, doesn't like, he, himself, he wasn't the poster boy so I was like wow score he wants to come on the show and have a chat so we pre-recorded this interview with this guy Dr. Edgar Mitchell and we were chatting about what's it like, you know, seeing the Earth from the moon and what kind of psychological effect, all this kind of stuff. What kind of effect does it have on it? And suddenly, he literally in the interview went, yeah, can we not talk about that? I really want to talk about something. And we're like, yeah, cool. What is it? And he said, I've been briefed at the highest level. We're in contact with aliens. We have been for years. What? NASA know about it. The FBI know about it. Everybody knows about it at highest levels of government. Uh, we're not. They haven't just come once. We're in constant, constant contact with them. Came out of all this stuff. And me and he was on. He was on ISDN, like like satline. And me and Nick were just looking at each other over the desk, like the radio desk, like mouths open. This was all pre-recorded. Just like, 
is this actually happening? Is this for real? Is he actually coming out with all this stuff? And he went on and on about it for ages. And we challenged him and he had all these stories to tell. And we talked to him for like an hour. And after the interview was finished, we said goodbye. We're like, what do we do with this? This is mad. So we, we sat on it for a little while to sort of like build the tension. And we said we had this big reveal and all the rest of it. We put the interview out and that was like, that was next level. I was literally having phone calls with like David Letterman, and like, it was, it was mad because everyone wanted to talk to Nick and talk about this experience that he had. And then Dr. Edgar Mitchell kind of like, he didn't deny any of it. He kind of followed up through and like said, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I've got to a point in my life where I just want to talk about this stuff and let people know the truth. I'm not getting any younger. And for the two weeks that followed that interview, every single night when I left the studio, I'd, get, I'd leave the studio, get to my car, I'd look behind and there's a police car, lights would come on. It would follow me all the way. I lived in like a gated development in city centre in Birmingham. It would follow me all the way to my gate. I'd drive in, the gates would close and the police car would drive off every single night, Monday to Friday, for two weeks. And I was just like, what's going on there? And then about, <laughs> yeah. about a month later, I was like, yeah, I don't do this show anymore. <laughs> it's been too, too much of that for too long, but Shit. it was mad. It was proper Do you believe mad. him? Uh, I don't not believe him. Okay. Don't not believe him. I'd like to think that we're bringing our children up in a world where aliens exist. <laughs> I heard that you had a cat. Yeah, oh yeah. That you disposed of said cat <laughs> when, you, when you had a child. Did, yeah. Do you know I, what? I can't believe that. It's bad, isn't it? It was actually really bad because, like, when we first bought our cats, they were indoor cats. They were like rag dolls. So right, they were like yeah. really furry, like indoor cats. I mean, they weren't allowed outside at all. They're just not bred to be outside, I think. When we first bought them, the breeder said to us, like, it always happens with these cats that when people have kids, they get rid of them. That's not going to happen with you guys, right? And we we're like, no, like, <laughs> obviously not. That's just abhorrent. Like, we'd, we're not those kind of people. We'd never, ever give, like, take the responsibility of a cat and then just give it back because, you know, something better comes along. Like, no way. Don't worry about it. And as soon as we found out Mel was pregnant, we were like, yes, about those cats, what are we going to do? Yeah, it was brutal. It's we are breaking my heart. We ummed and about it for ages. And then we just, we finally decided to take him to Battersea. And I swear to God, I've never cried. Throw him off the bridge. I've never, yeah, <laughs> not Battersea Power yeah. Station. Oh, right. okay, <laughs> I've never cried so much in my life. Really? Yeah. And do you know the thing? How that, long? Sorry, how long had you had this cat? Uh, we'd had him. We'd, we had two. We had him for five years. <gasps> that's, <laughs> that's horrendous. It was brutal. But what we just we thought we just kind of, and to be fair, like do you know what? I don't regret it at all. No. Because. There were long-haired cats. The fur was everywhere all the time. And the turning point, I remember the turning point was when Mel, we had some of those like muslin cloth things and we put one of them up and there was cat hair all over it. And I was like, can't be doing, I can't be dealing with that. I can't be dealing with wiping Luna's face or the, the baby's face, she didn't have a name then, with cat fur laden like stuff. Like I'm just not having it. And also there's the whole thing about how the poo can like cause problems. Toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. Man, oh, I freaked easy. out so much about toxoplasmosis. I thought that was like the scariest thing it ever. Is, yeah. Sounds like something from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Toxoplasmosis. <laughs> so um so yeah, so there was all that. And yeah, I mean it was awful. When we dropped him off, it was like I was in floods of tears. Mel was fine. She was like, whatever, I've got a baby coming. <laughs> yeah. But I was like absolutely inconsolable. But like, you know, they've gone on to a they've gone on to a better family.
Oi, I've got some dad tech that I think we should talk about before we go. Wicked. So what I've got here, I've had this for some time, so I've got to apologise to the guys who sent this to me. It's the uh, the Rad Dad box. Have you heard of this? The no. Rad Dad box. Okay, so basically, it's a um, it's kind of like a starter kit for dads, and what I can describe it is like smaller than a bit smaller than a shoebox, and in it, let's open it up. It's got a massive bottle of gin. In it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they say that it's a subscription box for dads and their children. They say that dads are more involved in their children's lives now than ever before. So let's start involving them in the parenting conversation, which I feel is kind of what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, Without yeah. The, the box. Um, every month, we'll send a dad package filled with fun and useful products to welcome him to fatherhood and help him bond with the baby. Think of it as a starter kit to fatherhood. So basically, this one... Sounds dead nice. Yeah, it's good, right? The first one is a pub crawl. And this was uh, <laughs> okay. So now you're interested. I think I've got the wrong impression of what this. Now you're about. interested. Well, so the first <laughs> item is some beer soap, which is they say we've seen more and more parents taking their babies to the pub. So we're doing a play on the pub crawl theme this month. Most dads love beer, but since we don't have a license to sell alcohol, we thought this beer soap from Milwaukee-based Stony River Soaps. Try saying that would be the next best thing. So it's a bit of soap made from beer. Wow. Have a look at that. And then the other thing... It smells delicious. The- <laughs> Hoppy. It does smell delicious. Oh, it smells like a wonderful spa weekend. <laughs> I wonder how it suds up. That's always the key yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. And do you use this on your child? No, I think this is for dad. This is for you? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. okay, got you. But what is... Don't, the- under any circumstances, use it on your child. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know. It's probably fine. Um, this is for the baby. This is something to go in the stroller while you go on a pub crawl. And it's a little um, sort of wooden kind of book that you hang on your stroller and they can play with it. And it's got pictures of aeroplanes and boats. So it's like, you know, one of those little books that you kind of yeah, like. Yeah, they're like beer play. mats though, right? They, they're the size of beer mats. They yeah. are. So that's in the theme as well. And then also you've got like a beer cozy with the rad dad branding on. So it's all <laughs> this kind of thing. And basically you get all this kind of thing every month. It's kind of slightly different and it's a different like little kit for, and yeah. you can get a subscription um, well, how much is this subscription? Well, I'm glad you asked. $20 a month. What, US dollars? US dollars a month. And they ship to the UK? I think they sh- Yeah, they do ship to the UK, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, each box contains three to four items for dad and baby. And they're all sourced from small businesses, which I think is quite okay. good. Okay, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can go for a $40 a month for a deluxe box, oh, which yeah. is five to eight items. That upgrade. is and yeah. that has <laughs> yeah. the litre bottle of gin in it. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the Rad Dad Box, which you can find at www.raddadbox.com. Go check it out. I think that's quite awesome. a nice thing, really. Yeah. Good. I like that vibe. All right, well, I think we'll uh, wrap things up there. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming to join us today. Thanks, man. It's been amazing. And Jamie, as ever, brilliant contributions thank you <laughs> solid contributions more and more patronising every time and thank you the listeners obviously obviously for tuning in and you know making this whole thing possible and enjoy the festive season coming up and yeah, um, if you want to get us a present don't 
just rate and review the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's the best present that you can give to us. Yeah, and it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. Just it's your time. Just time. And love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Good Dad Ugly. 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 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.